This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz. And catch him ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he is Jonathan Hood. Big week of wrestling, boys. We had a big week of wrestling. Not only did we have a premium live event for WWE on Saturday, but we had the Tuesday Night Wars in full effect. Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday Night's Raw taking on AEW Dynamites. NXT ended up winning in the ratings battle, but I think it was a win for professional wrestling fans all around. So what was your guys' biggest takeaway from Tuesday night? That the WWE is very concerned with AEW. Yep. That, that, that's on the top of the list because if they just run their regular show with just one WWE superstar off the main roster, they still could have beat uh, AEW, and here's why. Uh, we've talked about this and gone round and round about this for, for a long time. And that is that uh, WWE is about telling stories and then getting you up to moments. And AEW is trying to give you moments now. They've got they're gotten much better with story, but they want to give you your five-star match uh, in abundance on uh, every show on Dynamite. And so this show needed to have The Undertaker. This show needed to have John Cena, Judgment Day, John Cena, and, you know, so many people to oh, be able hey, man, to, Oscar, yes, Cody to push, Rhodes, to push Cody this, Rhodes, to push LA this Knight. number, yeah, to push this number to where it is right now. Well, that's, they that's needed, they needed their main event stars. Like there wasn't that, like they couldn't have a segment right. without somebody from the main roster, right? They couldn't have a segment without somebody from the main roster. Yeah, which yeah. to your point, Hood means, yeah, they they really did not want to lose, so they wanted to get the the win. They're very concerned about AEW. And even with all those stars, where was their million? Now, we're not really into ratings, but I think we can for this time because this was just, this was all about a measuring stick contest, right? right. Just a measuring mm-hmm. contest. Who's going to be winning this Tuesday night? And so, to me, I think that's the biggest takeaway is WWE is very concerned about what AEW is doing. And by the way, just on the record, as we all know, we got a great Tuesday night because we got two great shows Head-to-head. I haven't done that since, what, the 90s or the <laughs> right, 2000s? Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, Tony Khan did point out for the first time in their career, John Cena and The Undertaker on a show that okay. did not draw right. a million. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, I don't – Tony, buddy, stay out of it. Right. Don't need to say anything. <laughs> like, you've got enough people out there. Like, I've, I saw some Dave Meltzer tweets like, hey, we all know what – yes, NXT won, but we all know how they won, right? right. Like – they had to load it up. Like, I mean, they they had the Undertaker roll his motorcycle down that little six foot ramp they got there. It's just like the, it's just so awkward being in that arena. And his motorcycle's bigger than the ramp, man. He's he's got this big old chopper that he wants to ride down there. He can't like. It's just like he's walking it because he's if he accidentally revs it up a little too much, he's crashing into the ring. Like I saw someone point out on Twitter, when was the last time the Undertaker worked a show with that few of fans? Uh, world class. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sportatorium. Right. So yeah. how many years ago was that? Like, it's yep. been a little oh, bit for Taker. That, that's early 90s when he was uh, Texas Red, when he got his ass whooped by, by guys back in the day. So I would say world class in Dallas. That's so that's he, the thing for yeah. me, like, in terms of takeaway, like, I agree, Tony, like, you were going to lose, you're going up against it, like, just sit out. Like, to me, the big takeaway is there's no reason after Tuesday watching NXT that you're like, oh, I want to watch NXT some more. Like, you're just going to watch Monday and Friday to see those people. Like, even Braun Breaker, if you would have gotten overtaker at the end and done something there, you're like, oh, maybe I want to see more of that guy. But all of it was about the main roster talent. All of it was about those big names. There's no reason to come back next Tuesday to watch that product anymore. No. and But again, again my biggest takeaway is that we were the winners as wrestling fans mm-hmm. because they – if you're an AEW fan, they loaded up that dynamite card and they put on a hell of a show. I did not. I periodically flipped over to NXT. And honestly, one of my favorite things to do, because they both advertised a half hour commercial free. So we hit the, you know, we hit the 30 mark and AEW still going and I'm watching it, you know, on TBS and I'm just like, oh, I wonder if NXT is still commercial free. Flip over. Okay, they're still in their segment. I kept flipping back and forth. Ended up being like 40 minutes commercial free. It felt like both uh, Sean and Tony were trying to like monitor each other. And it was a game of chicken and who was going to go to commercial break first and end the 30 minutes commercial free. It was hilarious. 
Looking at the clock, Gabe, it was 729 when NXT went to went to pitcher and pitcher. Okay. And, and that was the six man, you know, crazy match that we saw with Gallus and Big yeah. Strong Boy and, and all that. So that's 29 after. It's like, okay, whatever this match is, it's fine. It's just, you know, spot best. Yeah. But it was about it was about 45 minutes. And I tell you what, Tony Khan has way more stroke with Warner Brothers Discovery than WWE and USA because for them to, to go for almost 45 minutes commercial free, yeah, on TBS, I'm like, boy, Tony's trying to win this thing, man. He's trying, and to then win a 10 minute overrun, like they went yeah. late, also I had a 10 minute overrun, yeah. very, very late, almost yeah. 15 minutes overrun. It was, yeah. I looked at the clock, it was like 9 15 when they signed <laughs> off. And the other odd part, like looking at the numbers, like from a rating break point, and maybe it's a coincidence. So the only quarter hour won by AEW, 8.30 to 8.45 Eastern. For AEW, that was the end of Jericho versus Hobbs, which is essentially a squash match, and the Roddy promo vignette thing with Adam Cole. Like that's the only thing that won for AEW on the night. Yeah, I mean, I guess, <laughs> sure. NXT at that time had that pub rules match. So if anything, like, that was the one segment that didn't have a massive star in it. Like they had Butch and Ridge and stuff, but no one massive. Yeah, and but it, it just shows. I mean, we all know what the what the power rankings are in terms of shows. Like the A shows for WWE, the Raws, their SmackDowns are going to be higher. Then you slot in the Dynamites, and you know, I mean, Collision. If it was on a Saturday, I think would probably have a little bit of a better number. And then you rank NXT in there on Tuesday nights. I mean. It's we all know what the actual rankings are, and if WWE, like I, I don't think Tony should be like out there. Oh well, this is the first time Cena and Taker aren't on a million, and that's because of us. Like he shouldn't be out there. But also, and and I haven't seen anybody from WWE do this. I don't think WWE's running around like touting this big victory, right? Because you had to stack the deck in order to get a victory. Like, but it just there doesn't... were reports that apparently backstage they have like names for the NXT shows each week, and the name for this one was NXT Mania. <laughs> so they put a lot of eggs in this basket. <laughs> NXT Mania, you said? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, if that's a Mania. But... I, if that was ever a pay-per-view, I'd never want to order it. <laughs> I mean, so did... I, I? Again, I did not watch the NXT show because we don't typically talk about it on this show. Did anybody get over from NXT? Uh, yes. Uh, Ilya Dragunov. He beat Dom Dom, yeah. Yeah. That was good for him. He had a, he had a promo segment with Cody Rhodes. And he was able, as, as NXT champion, uh, he won his match against Dom Dom. And I think that that, that works for him. I think any, t- uh, let me put it this way. Any NXT wrestler that was in the ring or in a segment with a WWE superstar, that helped that NXT wrestler. And Just Carmelo Hayes night. with Taker, like raising each other's hands at the end. That helps. Even but Brown Breaker, like... who even Brown Breaker, who's as dark as me, apparently. Uh, <laughs> if you saw his tan, you gotta watch that, by the way. His tan, I'm like, wait a minute, there's something wrong with Brown Breaker. He's got the a bad burn there. Um, so he's in there and he gets choked slammed by the Undertaker. And it's like, that's the rub. That tells yeah. me that at some point, maybe the Royal Rumble in 24. We'll see Braun Breaker in that spot. But that's the thing, like Braun, Carmelo, those feel like guys that are about to get called up. I know Braun's felt like that for a year at this point. Like they're in those big spots, but if they're not going to be there on NXT, like what does that do for that product? Oh, I, I understand the point. Like you're, <laughs> you're saying that because it was a special, there's no need to go back and watch NXT. Right. And I, I agree with that. I mean, and here's why is because, again, wrestling bandwidth. This is no shot at Carmelo Hayes. I understand right. that he's on his way. I just haven't seen a lot of him, you know. And and again, you know, you watch that show and it's like it's some kind of hodgepodge between what the Attitude Era was at the end and like sure. the Cena Era. It's weird, right? And so it just it doesn't appeal to me like the old NXT did. Well, and with the old NXT, with the black and the the black and gold brand, like it was still for the longest time, it was like the wrestling fan secret, like oh. Right. Like, like you were in the club if you had mentioned NXT TakeOver, you know, <laughs> right. like if you, if you, if you were out and about and you were just talking, oh, you like pro wrestling? Yeah. Oh, did you see the NXT show? If they said no, you're like, no, okay, no, you're not, no, I, you're not in, I'm in, I know what I'm doing. But like, but at the same time, like NXT black and gold was almost kind of like what AEW is now, sure. like 
you didn't have enough bandwidth. Like, okay, we're watching Monday Night Raw, and at that point, like, it hadn't completely transitioned to three hours yet, and you just had SmackDown, which was definitely a B show at the time. So to have a show like NXT with, you know, Seth and 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 the women's division and the four horsewomen and Shinsuke Nakamura as it all went, like, to have all of those NXT, we just had more bandwidth as wrestling fans. Right. Now, like, AEW's got three hours or six hours of television a week. WWE has, has uh, five hours of television each and every week. There's just so much to try to keep up with in terms of what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Like NXT just doesn't, for me at least, for some people, it's obviously still worth watching. But for me, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle because there are so many other things that you got to pay attention to. Uh, that's fair to say. Um, so that's my number one takeaway is that WWE is very concerned. The other takeaway is is that AEW, they did everything they could in Independence, Missouri to put on a good show, and they did. I think I missed, though, and, bro, you tell me if I'm wrong, because I thought I took copious notes on this on Tuesday. I don't think that Adam Copeland had a promo. Did you see a promo for him to promote his, his first match in AEW? I don't think I saw one. No, but Christian, Christian cut the promos. But I don't know Copeland, actually. Like, it was no. all just wrestling. Okay, that's a miss. That's a miss. So Adam Copeland, again, the, the freshest of the fresh WWE stars, is there going to have his first match, and he didn't have anything to say about it? That's I think that that's a miss. I mean, uh, all the things that they did, I thought that that was missing because I want to hear from Adam Copeland if, if Christian's going to take over and that cold open, which was fine, yeah. which was impactful, you compare that against Cody Rhodes in the 15-minute promo, okay? <laughs> uh, so I'm just saying that I need to see Copeland. What did he think in his first match in AEW? Where's the the interview with Renee? Just yeah, to jump it up. Just they needed to do something backstage. It didn't have to be much, but yeah. they could have done the forty five seconds backstage with Renee to kind of you know in the first hour at some point. You know, especially during that commercial free as a transition. They had a couple different matches. That would have been an easy transition to go from opening match that secondary match. But are they worried about the draw of him at this point? Like Meltzer said, it's obvious at this point. Adam Copeland is not the draw that CM Punk was. He flat out said AEW is cold right now. Like, could it be some concern that like, all right, maybe like this isn't going to work? Like they're obviously going to still roll him out there, but maybe not too much. Meltzer could blow it out his ass. Okay. How does he know? I mean, he just got to the company. He's not the draw. Well, you know what? I understand CM Punk with his pipe bomb and all that. Yes, he attracted an audience. But Edge just got there. And yeah. so, so for a week. So he's there for a week. Nope, not the draw. Nobody cares. That's just wrong. It's not like it's his opinion. It's just wrong. You got. You have to be able to work something. I mean, that if he, if he's at the draw, how come on social media that Copeland and uh, Christian promo drew over two million people? Right. No, that's fair. And both shows were going back and forth on Twitter, like in terms of trending and things like that. And I know Twitter is a microcosm of things, but like people were talking about both shows, and that is a positive. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, again, the biggest takeaway is if you are a pro wrestling fan, whether and. Because the part that with with Tony that drives me crazy about the oh Cena and Undertaker I'm, I'm like <laughs> it just adds to the tribalism that yes. that goes on 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 wrestling social media and on the internet wrestling community man like, I mean he also called them bald assholes on Tuesday before the show so yeah that. that 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 didn't help. well but at the same time like it's not like you know Triple H called them a pissant company right. like these are the barbs that they trade back and forth but. As in terms of wrestling fans, like I, I don't care who won that ratings war, but there were, I mean, well over a million people tuned in to watch professional wrestling on Tuesday night. Yep, and that's awesome. That's great. That's it great awesome. for the world of professional wrestling. No, nope, no question about it. And and by the way, Tony Khan punching up at WWE the way he did last time we saw that WCW. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. Are, are you saying we're going to see Tony challenge Vince to a match coming up? <laughs> that's the hope. <laughs> that's the hope. That's Vince the might hope. have some time on his hands. He might show up this time. Yeah, right? that, yeah, that's yeah. Who knows? We'll get into that later as we continue here on GKW. But we dive into some of the other top three stories going on in the world of professional wrestling. We call it the three count, Brian. What do we have at number one? 
One of the biggest stories to come out of AEW on Tuesday was the promo involving MJF and Juice Robinson that ended with Juice showing a roll of quarters with Max's name on it. It has gotten national attention, a lot of pushback on it. Fill in the blank here. The MJF Juice Robinson promo was blank. So at first, I didn't think much of it when it happened live because the Rock Hard Juice Robinson has used those quarters in his hand to knock people out. That's been part of his gimmick in AEW. So that's something that he's done. And, you know, they were tying together the story that MJF has told probably two or three times at this point on AEW television um, of being bullied in high school. You know, when he was on the football team and kids threw quarters at him and, you know, would would say anti-Semitic things towards him. So, you know, and, and MJF references it later in the promo backstage, trying to get a hold of, you know, Adam Cole. Yeah, this is, you know, opening up some old wounds. And and, and he even, like, he cut off um, Juice Robinson during it to show the anger. Right. And I guess I didn't think much of it, and, and especially as more things have come out about it, where MJF has defended the promo. I I understand why people are upset, especially with the way tensions are right now. I would have probably avoided it the more that I think about it, but I can see why AEW decided to still run with it, given that they had MJF's blessing. But it is it is a tricky and complicated subject to navigate. Broitz? Yeah, and I think the one thing, I think the timing is a weird thing. Like, yes, MJF is giving the blessing. I'm trying to pull up the tweet now where he even said, like, hey, I'm going to use this to, you know, stomp out the hate and things like that. He said this is part of his work. He's speaking in Boston at an event. But AEW has been better at avoiding those times. Like, I remember specifically, they came to Miami. There was supposed to be a coffin match with Darby, and I forget who at the time. And literally the week prior to that Dynamite, there was like a building that collapsed, and lots of lives lost down here in South Florida. So AEW being ahead of it, saying like, oh, this probably isn't a good time to have a coffin match. Like, just canceled the match. Like, oh, we'll get around to it. So with all this stuff going on in the world, it felt like weird timing. And also with it being juice, I agree that wrestling is our escape. We don't want to talk about this stuff. If that was Jay White cutting it, I almost would have been more okay with it. But juice who's been borderline comedy the last month or so, like for him to go there, it just felt like a low blow and sort of unnecessary. Okay. So, you know, I think that there's a couple of, signs that I know where MJF's going with this because clearly this is his blessing. Mm -hmm. The roll of quarters that says Friedman on it. Notice it didn't say MJF says Friedman. Right. And there's a reason why for that is because this is not the first time. It's two times on the air that MJF has talked about as uh, a high school student, uh, people that were not Jewish were throwing quarters at him, pick up the quarters. And obviously, it's a trigger for him. And he's talked about it also in print. And so, yes, I'm sure MJF said, let's do this because it makes me more of a baby face. But it's another example of Tony Khan not knowing how to say no to talent. Now, listen, race, religion, and wrestling have been part of the business forever. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I, I was remembering the story of Lex Luger uh, taking on Ron Simmons for the WCW Championship. This is 1991. And Luger told Ron Simmons that, hey, you know what? If this whole thing doesn't work out with you bidding me for the championship, I can use a driver. And so you could drive for me. You could pick up my luggage. And, of course, that was kind of like the Bill Watts way out of the times. It's 1991 they're doing this, okay? <laughs> this is not 1971, 91. But this is how Bill Watts thought as the – promoter because he just thought black and white equals green and so we'll just do that um and we've seen this in wrestling for a long time guys i'm just telling you like i know what's happening at least i'm watching the news what's happening at gaza and with israel and the palestines and i just i just think that um it's best that you leave it out you can tell a story without using that as a storyline if there's a problem that juice robinson has with mjf it was just a match do you need that as a storyline? Clearly, MJF feels like I can be able to, to tell a story with this, but is it necessary? And let me ask you this. Were either one of you offended? No, so, like I said, at the moment, I didn't even think about it until MJF cut him off. 
you know, and and then I was kind of remembering some of the past stories that MJF and then again, he referenced it just because like the first thing I thought was, again, like that's been a part of the Juice Robinson character. Like he has won some matches by somebody hands him the roll of quarters and, you know, Taz has explained on commentary why the roll of quarters in his hand is it makes it heavier and all those different things that make it such a lethal thing to do when you're in the ring. So it's just been such a part of his character. I did not think of it. And that's honestly could just be on me for just getting lost in the moment of professional wrestling, not thinking about the things that are going on at large across the world, the larger picture that that's going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I was not offended. But after reading everything, like, I understand why people that are Jewish would be offended by that line of story that they have decided to go down. Because to your point, Jay Hood, like, like if, if they have a match, like, we know MJF is already going over because the, the just professional wrestling storytelling. You're, you're in a faction. Jay White's the leader of the faction. Jay White has a match coming up against MJF. MJF is not going to lose to the underling on the way to that match, right? Like, it just didn't... It it was not necessary in order to build heat towards a Juice, uh, Juice Robinson match versus MJF. It was just... So it me, wasn't necessary. For me, like, I wasn't offended, but I think cringe when it happened. And, like, to your point, Gabe, about not thinking about it, like, I've seen it circulated on Twitter about, like, this being the way Adam Cole, like, ends a relationship. Like him knowing how much it bothers MJF and going that route and taking that heat. But in 2023, it does feel unnecessary. Like to your point, Hood, about watching old angles like Triple H and Booker T, Slaughter oh. and Hogan, like all those things that we look back on as wrestling fans, you're like, that was on TV. Like that was allowed. Like the sport. Vince McMahon the, saying the N word. Right. Like the sport has seemed to grow. And like that didn't feel like that. And it does feel like we've talked about a lot, like not having those checks and balances. It's somebody like, you know what? Maybe not now. And like, that's the thing. Like if it would have happened a month ago, yeah, it would have gotten the same cheap heat, but I don't think it would have gotten the same national like outcry of like really now, like with lives being lost, like with schools being shut down, with security being heightened, like it just doesn't feel like the right time. It felt yeah. cringy. A hundred percent. Like a month ago, I think this just, if, this might be something we talk about in news and notes because right. just like the wrestling community itself is talking about it. But if you just go to your Google search bar and put in Juice Robinson or MJF, you will find NBC right. News, Fox News, MSNBC, like every news outlet grabbed this and ran with it. And it's not, not all publicity is good publicity. This is not something that you're looking for, especially... As yeah. as you're you're moving forward with MJF as this babyface champion, and honestly, from a heat standpoint, you mentioned Hood it being cheap. Like these guys involved don't need that. No. We know what they all can do in the ring and on the mic. Like they didn't need that easy out for that cheap heat. Yeah, it's so to fill in the blank. It's the cheapest of cheap heat, but it's not like I've never seen this before. Sure. But, I, but but to your point, bro, it's in 2023. It's really unnecessary. Yeah. This, this is a company that supports LGBTQ rights. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was led by CM Punk, but you see the signs, right? We've seen this in AEW. Yeah. You don't see this in WWE, but you see it in AEW. So, you know, um, support kids and all this other stuff. I've seen this because AEW supports it. This, this is MJF trying to be able to pr prove a story. Now, here's the thing. Just like everything else in AEW, if you're going to go down this road, then I better see a classic match, and it better be a story that's told. I don't mean, like, who's going to be the winner or the loser. I want, if Juice Robinson loses, now you tell the story to Jewish groups and everything else, hey, you know, anti-Semitism anti is not right, if that's where he's going with this. Otherwise, it's unnecessary. Just give me the match. Right. But, you know, again, for someone uh, that's, that is sympathetic to what is going on, I'm just listening and just watching what everyone else is saying. I'm not saying anything on social media about it. It's the first time I'm talking about it on air. And I just think, you know, just like anything else, what should we do tonight? Uh, let's go lowbrow and just do some cheap heat just to get an effect. Right. And that's what happened on Tuesday. Do you think so? MJF has had a couple different tweets defending the angle. Do you think AEW drops the angle or continues to push it forward? You could drop it because there is no MJF Juice Robinson world title match 
that I can see down the line. I, he's against the Bullet Club gold, and he, I'm sure he'll wrestle Juice, but, I mean, it's not like that's the top of the card, and this is what it's built on, quarters that have Friedman on it, and there's this anti-Semitism type vibe to it. Yeah, like, it's just something that they just did for cheap heat. It's not like it's, oh, my God, it's an important match at the top of the card, right? Agreed, but I guess to your point, Gabe, I don't, they haven't announced when this match is yet. Have they? Or that next week? When we see the match, like, are the quarters involved? Yeah. Well, the, clearly the quarters. Or do we just ignore it and, like, you know, WWE style? Like, oh, no, that never happened. Just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, like Vince blowing up in a in a limousine. We just, we move on. Okay, that didn't happen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a different story. Because that man got blown up, and two weeks later, Chris Benoit's dead. God damn it. <laughs> from there. We feel sorry about Chris Benoit. We'll have a three-hour special on Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit killed his family. We will never talk about Chris Benoit. <laughs> That's what happened, but, right? I well, know. yeah, no, no. The timeline is 100% accurate. Everything you laid out, nobody is going to dispute the accuracy of that. But I think it'd be, even if they have this match, it'd be easy enough just to ignore the quarters aspect. Like, clearly the quarters were going to have some sort of impact. But like the way that this story has like completely blown up, I wonder if we see Juice Robinson with quarters ever again. Like, right. but and it's such a small part of the rock hard Juice Robinson character, it's easy to drop. Like Juice Robinson is still Juice Rob, like crazy madman on the microphone, just running around making chaos happen in the ring. He doesn't need the quarters. Like it'd be an, a super easy thing to drop if that's the direction they wanted to go. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, to your point about, like, Tony and, like, maybe being the 90s-ish, like, there are ways to get cheap heat that are unnecessary. Like, they had Nyla Rose is their first ever women's champion. She is trans. Like, there are ways to go, and, like, you're going to be cheap heat there. Like, you don't need to do stuff like that. And MJF, I get what he's doing, trying to do it a positive. It was today he actually spoke at Gillette Stadium, stand up to Jewish hate. Like, he's turning it into a positive. But I just, he already had that platform. He didn't need this to get that. That's fair. That, I think what you just said, that, that is fair. But I, again, I also just want to point this wrinkle out too. Tony Khan is a 90s wrestling fan. Yeah. And, and probably in the back of his mind is like, Vince would have done it. So I'm going right. to do it. But he, but he has got to understand it's a different time. You're not going to have a woman on a leash walking around right. in the ring like it was in the 90s, like Trish You're Travis. not going to have Eugene. Like, that character doesn't oh. work in 2023. Like, Other. there's a lot of the last 20 years of wrestling that you look at, and you're like, eh, we're not going to show our friends that we watch that. Like, Well, that's correct. But, I mean, this is where Tony comes from. And, again, it's, it's not like we haven't talked about this on the show before. He's a guy who bends over backwards for the talent, acquiesces, the nicest guy. He's He is the friend of the talent until he's not CM Punk, right? Yeah. And, you know, so that's – I just think, guys, I think that's just unfortunate, but I just think it's the cheapest of cheap heat because it's unnecessary. MJF's already over. Juice Robinson's already over. Why does he have to have coins that have Friedman on it? Right. Yeah. It, again, that's the thing that resonated with me the most. Do you, think, so so do you, you think it's now? different if he just has MJF on it? No, uh, the coins say something, but I'm just adding on because it said, who else calls him Friedman? Nobody in the company no. calls him Friedman. I think that adds on to it, I believe. And that's the thing. Like, I thought that was part of the comedy. Like, when he opened that promo calling him Friedman, I thought it was like, oh, that funny Juice Robinson. Like, I took it that way at first. And then he pulled it out. I was like, oh, that's where we're going here. It's unnecessary. Yeah. And you got, now you got heat for the wrong reason. Instead of, hey, look how great AEW is. This has already been a crazy year. Yeah. You know, great attendance in the UK and then to this. Okay. Yeah. Brian, what do we have at number two this week? This past week in wrestling, saw plenty of title changes. Four to be exact. Saturday, we saw a pair of them at Fastlane. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso beat Judgment Day to become the undisputed tag titles. Also on Saturday, Collision, Ricky Starks and Big Bill knock off FTR to become the AEW tag champions. Then on Tuesday, Dynamite, Orange Cassidy regains his international title, beating Ray Phoenix. And Sheeta beat Soraya to win the AEW women's title. Which title change was the biggest surprise of the week? Um, okay, so it's not the Orange Cassidy one. Like, I think that, again, a little surprising, but I think there were some reports out there that Ray Phoenix has kind of been beat up and 
Like it, it also John Moxley wasn't originally supposed to lose his championship. So when that match was announced and originally supposed to be Moxley, I assumed Mox was going to win it. So I don't know if Ray's taking some time off to heal up what the issue is. So that was the least surprising. Well, on that real quick pivot, I've seen some tweets that Orange a little different when he wins the belt, like maybe a little obsessed with the belt and a possible character change. Would you be okay with that? I would be okay with it. I don't know if the bottom line for AEW would be okay with it. Okay. He was uh he was different when he won the championship. He was staring yeah. at it and it was it was a more focused Orange Cassie than we've ever seen for whatever reason, which tells me that it is changing. Um so the whole thing just quickly with Moxley, AEW just just doesn't tell the story, man. The buy-in at the very last second, right. the buy-in. By the way, John Moxley isn't cleared. So long, everybody. Here we go. AEW Dynamite. What? He's not cleared. They didn't say that on the TV. They didn't say that. They snuck that in. That's not even on social media that he wasn't cleared. That you gotta explain that story. I'm just telling you, you gotta explain it because you just can't say here's Phoenix against Orange Cassidy. See, AEW fans like, where's Mox? He's not here tonight. What's happening with him? They did not say until the last second, quietly, that he was not cleared for the match. I think that was a miss. Yes, 100%. Um, but the other three were still really surprising. I would say both tags and the women's. I, I guess I just lean towards the women's championship because they're playing hot potato with it right now um, for AEW. Because Sheeta had won it surprisingly. And then she dropped it surprisingly to Soraya, only to win it back surprisingly on on Title Tuesday. So I'm going to say the one I'm most surprised by is the AEW Women's Championship because now they've made Sheeta a three-time AEW World Champ. Like, I, I could make it make sense the last time she won because, okay, they wanted to give her this reward and, and have her, at least for a couple of weeks, be the champ because she was the pandemic champion, have her get some good reactions and have that positivity. And then Soraya winning over in London made a ton of sense. But I, I just don't know what they're doing storyline-wise with this championship. I I can make the other ones kind of make sense. This one was just very, very surprising to me, especially in the aftermath. Okay, so not to change the question, Broitz, but I could say two things. Okay. One, the Sheeta championship change was unnecessary because they're trying to do all the slings and arrows and all the pomp, pomp and circumstance. Hey, we got not one but two title changes on Dynamite in Independence, Missouri. <laughs> Not on a pay-per-view, but not even Kansas City, Independence, Missouri. So you had two title changes thinking that you're going to bump the rating. There was no reason for Sheeta to win the championship again. And if she's well, going to win it, let her keep it for a while to find out whether or not she's over or not. It's ridiculous that she lost the championship. I like the match because it's all these yeah. all these things are happening at the same time. The shoe was involved shoe? in this. Oh, match, God. Right? That, 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 like, that, don't, don't, that's... I got a long list for later in the show. And yeah. Sheeta Soraya was on the list. Yeah, All right. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, we talk a lot about AEW women's wrestling storytelling. It feels like Tony's thing recently is like, well, there's a title change every month. That's storytelling, right? No, it's like, not. That's what it feels like with him. Yeah, no, it's not. That's not storytelling. <laughs> that's hot potato title. Yeah, and that, I agree. So when everybody gets over, nobody gets over. Right. Okay, so I, I will say that's unnecessary. This, the biggest surprise of the of the week was that Cody Rose and Jay Uso are tag team champions. For what? For what? Like, like Jay Uso was main event Jay Uso to break out of tag team wrestling <laughs> to be main event Jay Uso, not main event Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. What right. the hell? Like, like I mean, it's typical WWE. Strange bedfellows. They're tag team champions. One has a suit, and one saying yeet. <laughs> But now what? Cody says it also, and it's yeah. all over. Okay, Cody, Cody, please. <laughs> I know Cody. I know. I mean, Cody, we've had you on. I know you watch this show. Please. You try. Hey, you tried it. I get it. You tried it. You wanted to see how it went over in front of a live audience, how it went out on live television by saying, you don't need to. It's <laughs> where I'm good. You don't, you don't need to do it there, Codes. I mean, so what is, I mean, okay, again, the strange bedfellows, right? It's like, okay. Let the Judgment Day cook. While you're trying to figure out what's happening next with the bloodline, here's the next best thing, the Judgment Day. Now, nah, take the championships off of those guys. Why? Why does Cody Rhodes need a tag team championship? And thank God for Michael Cole. I was about he to won. say, I'm glad that yeah. Cole got in the ring and asked the question because it throws everything off. 
I'm not sure who the journalist is of our time, Gabe, uh, but whoever that is, that might be Michael Cole with these in-ring interviews. <laughs> <laughs> the difficult question. I mean, and the follow-up. Well, My he, God, it used to I be mean, like Ted Koppel, Dan Rather, Peter Jennings. I think it's Michael Cole now. Well, I mean, wow. the last couple of weeks he's got in, he's cooked Seth Rollins, and now he's yeah. cooking Cody Rhodes. Like, he's getting in there and just grilling these guys with the tough questions we're all wanting to know. I mean, so for me, I think this sort of speaks to the question, like, it's FTR dropping to Starks and Big Bill. It's <laughs> like, with no build. Was the what match we- even announced beforehand? Like, it was just like, oh, hey, we're having this match, and now FTR dropped the tag belts. Like, what? And then the reports are like, oh, yeah, the cash is hurt. And now the report's like, no, no, he's not hurt. This was their idea. Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> hey, I'm right. just happy. I'm happy for Bill, man. Like, I feel like Bill yeah, is on such agreed. a big losing streak. <laughs> and but Ricky they- getting that moment. Like, all of that is great. A month from now, build that up. There was no interaction ever between these four men. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we have a tag title match. And, oh, it's a squash. Like, What? <laughs> Yeah, Clip you, you needed to build to that. Clip this. This might be the greatest question in the history of GKW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, because there, every, I think everybody on here is right. right. <laughs> no, like, I mean, we can debate it, but I think everybody. So here, here's why Broitz is right also. <laughs> okay? So Big Bill was cold as ice. Uh-huh. He oh, lost all the time. All the God. time. Ricky God, I, I, I don't know the- if they've ever put, I mean, they just can't put his record on the right. bottom of the screen when he's walking to the ring. It's just going to be right. too depressing. I'm going to, I'm going to cry if I see that number. <laughs> I mean, him and Ricky Starks, I will say Starks, even though his character is great, he's cold too. You yes. put them together and then they win the tag team championships. And here's where both companies are working with each other. Here is my Winhorst. Why would they do that? You know Why? Because I think somewhere down the line, Tony Khan find out, found out that on Fastlane, that the Judgment Day would lose the tag team championships to an odd tag team, Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. You know what? An hour before Fastlane, we'll do that too on Collision. Seriously, why would you do that? Why would uh, you by do the that way, Gabe, according show? to AEW's website, uh, in 2023, Big Bill, 14 and 15 overall. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. Well, he, he went was, on rampage. I'm sure that like no one's seeing. Wait, was he was he on before they got rid of dark and elevation? Did he just rack up a bunch of wins <laughs> there? Oh. He was like four and zero, nine and eight tag teams, zero and two trios. Oh, that could be. There could be some some dark elevation wins there that we didn't see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on. Taking some of those OVW guys out on dark and elevation, <laughs> we just never saw it. That is the greatest question. Yes, all that is right. <laughs> Uh, All of it. Why is it happening? Yeah, I guess it doesn't. And and to Brian's point, like I think you could you could have made that such a bigger moment. Yes. Like even if you did it for those guys, even if you didn't do it on full gear because you want the young bucks won the opportunity, so you want the bucks to be fighting for the tag team championships. Forgot about that at full gear. Right, because the the Bucks are the because that's the other wild part about this whole thing is the Bucks are the number one contenders. They're the number one contenders. Got jumped in line, and then those guys won. And that could have been Orange and Hook, and they could have gotten that opportunity, and Orange could have gotten the tag titles instead. Yeah. The key, the key to what you said, bro, it's is that neither one of the members of FTR is hurt. I can understand if there was an injury. That's right. how you do it, right? That match was short. Was that less than six minutes? It was, oh, it was and squash. Dash shook it all. It was 100% a squash. And no injury. <laughs> no. That's I, I read the same thing. Like, So why would you change the titles? Only because cause you want to react well, to Cody and, and Uso later on the night? And, yeah, I think there was some uh, theory floating out there that maybe this was a punishment because of the the court case going on with Cash as he was dealing, you know, they, they were worried about that around the London show with All In and all that. But apparently, but, other point. but that was exactly like that was like that rumor was like thrown out the window just as quick. That so, Aussie Open should have won at the pay per view and given those guys the opportunity. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Give it to a real tag team. Right. A real tag team, not this makeshift bullshit of Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Wait, so we don't. Wait, so every major tag team that we see on television every week is a misfit tag team. Because the ROH tag titles are MJF and Adam Cole, 
The AEW World Tag Team Champions are now Big Bill and Ricky Starks. And then we've got Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes as your <laughs> undisputed tag team champions in WWE. That's correct. But you couldn't Quick, give a title the match. Tag champs. You couldn't put the titles on the workhorsemen? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the workhorsemen. <laughs> What about my guy Vincent and the big guy? How come you can't? Yeah, come you can't they got one. Dig what I'm saying? Brian, what do we got at number three? I will note an impact. The Rascals are the tag champs. They're a real tag team. So hey, there you go. Them. Good Rascals. for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, multiple reports this week. Uh, said starting with Wrestling Observer. Oh, and that- the women's tag team champions are just a throw together too, because <laughs> you got Piper walking around with uh, with Chelsea with Green. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea Green. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and, and of course the way that was done, that because that's good good TV. Yeah, Piper just comes in, is like, yeah, I'm going to be your tag team champion now. <laughs> what better? I, I'm, I'm going to go off script here. Better character work, Chelsea Green or Tony Storm, right now. Ooh, because I enjoy I enjoy the hell out of both those characters. Yeah, it's Tony Storm. It's Tony. Yeah, but it's close though. It's yeah, close. yeah. We got I mean, silent films out of Tony. That, how brilliant! Absolutely brilliant! <laughs> right to put the silent film on during the picture in picture. Like, oh, just Tony, you're you're doing some great work. People were pissed on Tuesday, and I had to explain this Tuesday night. People was like, I don't understand. How come it's in picture in picture? It's a silent film. <laughs> Imagine if it was there on a full screen for four minutes. People would have said, TBS and your audio problems. This ain't right for a third straight week. It's a silent film. Could you imagine full screen, four minutes, her riding a bike with no sound? <laughs> Stop. Idiots. Like, but it's the first time I've actually been interested in watching what's going on in picture in picture. Yes. <laughs> she's so fine and she's and she's so smart. God. And she's doing something that no one else is doing, and she's so unique, and it's yeah. so much fun. When she won that match against, I think, Kira Hogan on Collision, mm-hmm. and yes. then she's acting like like she just won an award, and there's just shock on her face. The oh, whole me? I won? I just, well, also, look it just... up on social. I think there was a night she handed out, like, scripts to the crowd. And yes. it's the whole thing, like, seems sad. Like, she comes out, like, adoration. and this, Like, it's the whole thing. <laughs> like, yes. every part of it. Threw, it. threw it to break again on Collision <laughs> yes. on Saturday night. She just... <laughs> I mean, there's some merch there for Tony Storm she wants, and she can give like, out scripts. Right. <laughs> I know I know WWE and AEW, they've never won any sort of Emmy. Tony should at least be nominated yeah, with, with the work I'm she's doing. That. That's all I'm saying. Brother, we could we should do a show like that, a segment on that, like four <laughs> categories for uh, Emmy and uh, so it's like the the bloodline, Tony Storm, yeah. Chelsea Green, and like somebody else. <laughs> and just who gets the Emmy? It's deserved. Yeah. Michael Cole said that on McAfee. He goes, if anything else, wrestling deserves Emmys. How much we're putting time in 365, 24 7 and writing this shit. Like yeah. they, we should get an Emmy for this stuff. He's you know what? Mike's right. I agree. He's right. All right, number three. We heard this week Wrestling Observer reporting CM Punk and the WWE were in discussion about a possible return. Well, Tuesday, that report changed to a no. Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio said he wanted to go there talking about Punk. And the decision was a no. I mean, it can always change. And it was brought up to me that there is no such thing as a no forever when it comes to WWE. But it's a no for now. Will we see CM Punk in the WWE in 2023? Survivor Series in Chicago, we are going to see CM Punk. <laughs> I, feel, I, I, just, I feel very confident about that because the other part of this story was apparently this was a Vince decision. I'm not sure Vince is long for this TKO Endeavor world after he was thrown under the bus for their stock price today. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, I I guess Vince isn't necessary to this whole operation, is he? Like, and if once Vince is out, like, people from the outside of the professional wrestling world seem to love CM Punk. Because, as discussed earlier, yeah, is Adam Copeland the ratings driver that CM Punk was? No, he's not. Because very few people in this world are. Now, Phil comes with his headaches, and those are the things you have to then weigh. But, I mean, Fox wanted WWE to hire back CM Punk not that long ago. 
WWE said no. So Fox said, all right, we're going to put them on the show we have on FS1 that doesn't have a consistent time and then can't figure out why nobody watches. Um, I can't even remember the name of the show. But backstage was a WWE backstage. Yeah, that was the name of the show. Yeah. Um, so they put him on that. about that show. <laughs> I, I DVR'd it. I watched it quite a bit because <laughs> because I wanted to see what CM Punk was going to do. So. I mean, I just think, you know, obviously Turner execs on board with bringing CM Punk on. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine that the folks over at TKO Endeavor don't want CM Punk. Because A, it's a win for them that they can tout over, like, as as much as, you know, some of these free agents back and forth. Like, CM Punk is one of the big free agents that actually can make a difference, for WWE, for AD, wherever he goes, he's going to make a difference to your bottom line. Like, and if your stock price is struggling right now and not where it wants to be, like you can pop some good numbers on television if you sign CM Punk. So I still think we see CM Punk at Survivor Series in Chicago in November. I think we see him at Royal Rumble in Tampa, St. Pete. Okay, so not 23, so we see it next year. Yeah, I don't think we see him this year. A no means no. And I think that, um, yeah, it's been saying it, but I think, you know, the, the thing I keep thinking about is that two, three-hour podcast that CM Punk did with his former friend, Colt Cabana. And he just laid out everything, laid out Triple H big time, laid out Vince, laid out the doctors, how he wasn't taken care of, pitching and moaning about the WWE. Now, we know it's wrestling, guys, because nev- you never say never, but just the idea, like, he goes to WWE and then he's there with his pipe bomb, maybe. And I'm just, I look at that roster and I go, okay, so who's he going to match up against? And in, the, in WWE's stock price and the money they're making, they don't need a CM Punk. But if you just need him for WrestleMania uh, season, okay, he'll be a nice attraction. That's why I say Royal Rumble or in that area, he comes back and he takes on uh, LA Knight. Something, something like that. But is he going to cool. be a heel? Ooh, a punk? Punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pissed off. He In WWE, he's got to be a heel. Yeah, yeah. he's been okay. he's undermined in the, his former company. And then the way he was, he left the WWE, he didn't come back with fanfare and flowers. Absolutely not. Pissed off. A pissed yeah. off punk. And by the way, he's still going to get cheered. Yeah, right. You see a punk. That's what I'm saying. Like, because of that, um, I also agree. I Survivor Series, like, this was turning in one of those things like we saw with Cody, where it was, oh, is this the week? Like, we were like in or out of Raw, but it's like, oh, we got to watch Raw tonight. Cody's coming out. It's like, no, there's no Cody. Like, damn you, WWE. How do you not deliver on something you didn't actually promise to us that we made up (laughs) on the internet? So, this feels like they're starting to cut those legs out of like, no, please don't chant CM Punk all night long at Survivor Series. He's not coming. Like, He's going to be there in Chicago at this point. The man wants to work. I, You know what? There are going to be some chance, and then it'll just go away. We know the chance come bad mid-card matches. <laughs> That's yeah. all. I mean, I mean, but you ignore it, though. You move on. I mean, yeah. But if you know he's coming, it's all night. And I don't see them opening the show with it because you want people to stay there. Like, he's going to be at the end of that show. Now, wait a minute, bro. It's you are, you are sitting next to me, uh-huh. you know, watching Florida State football and not paying attention to the wrestling. <laughs> but you are sitting there next to me watching Florida State. Uh-huh. How many CM Punk fan, uh, chants did you hear at the United Center? But no one Zip expected up. him. No, but people Tony addressed look- it. He told us he, the man was threatened. He couldn't no, be no, there. No, no, His no, life was in danger. <laughs> okay. Yes, I heard that on Libertard. He said it again. <laughs> Uh, but the, the point is, though, is that people still invested. People sure. are still invested in Punk, right? I mean, he was away for seven, eight years, and people still can't see on Punk. People still care. That's the thing. Like, it's been nine years since he's been in WWE, and I do think there is something to that WWE bubble. Like, there are fans that probably don't realize what's going on with CM Punk that know the name. There will be some that don't even recognize him when he shows up there. But it still will be a name. It still will be a headline. And I think it will be a feather in the cap of Triple H saying, like, oh, I can work with this guy. Like, Tony, you know, he's too pissed of a company. He can't work with Punk. I can make it work. I just, I don't expect him that soon. Like, next month. That's what we're saying. But right. Punk and Nick. Now, by the way, just so we know, so we're clear, Gabe, Brian, uh, is his not compete up by that time? By Thanksgiving? That was... uh, So if you get fired for a cause, is there still a non-compete? I don't know the answer to that. Because 
I mean, because part of the reason, right, like you have that 90-day window is because you're still being paid, like you get let go right. or whatever. You're still being paid by WWE for that 60 or 90 days. From my understanding, I could be way off on that, but that was always been my understanding is that you're being paid during that time period. And then, it, you know, okay, we're not paying in you anymore. You're released from your contract. Go do whatever. If you get fired for cause, I can't imagine that anything is going to be sticking in that. Right. Like, I, I can't imagine there's a non-compete, but. Well, it was Labor Day weekend. So 90 days is early December. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was 90 days. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. January, a, to, yeah. To back up your point, like doing yeah. Rumble and Mania, it's less time you have to worry about him being CM Punk. That's right. January. <laughs> he's in the Rumble or around WrestleMania season. And again. Who's LA Knight's big part, big opponent here? I mean, Teak, teaming with John Cena does it does it elevate LA Knight, kind of. But then, as far as the singles, what's his big opponent on this roster? Oh, see, that's where you're not thinking. Again, LA Knight, John Cena, tag team champions. Now oh. we're cooking. Now we got something going. Wow. Now we got a stew going. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No. no. Uh, Roman? Out on, out on LA that? Knight Roman? How about that? <laughs> More strange bedfellows. <laughs> oh, boy. At so least they're the getting along, bedfellows, as opposed to they hate each other and can they coexist. So they've evolved a little bit with storylines. Okay, so then so then they break up. They become a tag team. They break up. And Cena crushes LA Knight. <laughs> so, so then now LA Knight's Austin Theory. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, man, okay, so I haven't thought about LA Knight, WrestleMania opponent. Could he? Yeah. Is he the me. one? Is he the one? I just gave to it end to the me. bloodline. Who? The two? Do what? LA, LA Knight. <laughs> to do what? End the bloodline. You mean like Roman? Yeah. You mean win the title? <laughs> no. You don't mean that. That's. Do I mean, no, I don't. I'm just spitballing. I thought, you know, I thought we were having a brainstorm. No bad ideas in a brainstorm type situation. No, I understand. No, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I mean, well, I'll I, throw I don't out. know. I don't know. Does a special referee on NXT become that guy to break up the bloodline? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was—a special guest referee on NXT with his his Timberlands. His Timberlands. His <laughs> I'm done. Well, oh. here's an idea: the other title. Priest cashes in. Damian Priest is the champion. Priest versus Knight for that title at Mania. But Knight's got to beat uh, Roman first, right? <laughs> Just wins them all. Yeah. Oh, so God. I guess it depends if if the upward trajectory for LA Knight continues. He's got to be fighting for one. If, if it continues on the fever pace that we're going on, by the time we get to Mania, if the train is still rolling, he's got to be fighting for one of the main titles. Uh, you mean like uh, Seth's? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Priest has that title. Priest cashes Priest has in. The title. So, yeah. so yeah. Priest beats Seth. Yep. And then LA Knight beats Priest. Yes. At WrestleMania. Yes. At WrestleMania. Uh-huh. Okay. I can go with that. I mean, I also don't have confidence that he's going to be this over come Mania time. Oh, LA Knight? Yes, because they're going to forget about him. Like, okay. there are going to be weeks where they forget to book him. Like, oh, yeah, people like that guy. When we talk to him next, say it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you won't be over as much as we get some. <laughs> no fault of his. I'm just saying, you know, the backstage. <laughs> you tell it to his face. You tell you. I mean, you're the provocateur. You go ahead. You're the one. You, you, you pick at him. Tell him, like, you know what? I mean, you cooled off, haven't you? You you kind of cooled off every LA night. I mean, you, know you used to have you used to have four of the top five merchandise. Right. Now you only have three of the top five. Like you're. I mean. He wasn't the NXT cool GM. Off. That like only the special ref, not the GM. Like I don't know. I like that angle that that you come up with with Priest becoming the champion. I think that's cool because clearly not can't do it. Okay, so he's had two chances and two great matches, and that'll be all for Shinsuke Nakamura. That'll yep. be all. So so maybe so since he's senior money in the bank, he should cash it in. Yes. Well, and and they started they started teasing already on Monday Night Raw that he was ready to cash in. So I think at least. While he's been walking around with the briefcase, he hasn't really been a threat yet. But I think they're starting to bring us into the forefront of, hey, keep this in mind. This guy is lingering going forward. 
And just remember, there are no leaders in the, in the judgment day. They're all leaders. Right. That's what uh, mommy told us, yeah. which is unique, by the way, because it yeah. makes it totally different than Roman and his group. Well, yeah, well, she's but the leader. she's the leader. Yeah. Well, that's not what he's. I mean, she said that there's. Yeah, no well, yeah that's. I mean, when you're the leader and you're trying to make everybody right. happy, you try to make it seem like they all have a say. But I mean, really, <laughs> really, in the backstage of the interview with Ricochet, we saw it was it wasn't it wasn't Priest, it wasn't Finn, it wasn't Dom Nom, it was Rhea who was talking to Drew McIntyre about something. Yep. Yeah, it's so funny. I thought Dom Dom was the leader. Okay, I guess I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's got the most heat, so I understand why you would think that. Heel faction, guy with the most heat, must be the leader. I can understand the confusion there. Brian, what do we got this week in News and Notes? All right, we talked about a little bit. Ari Emanuel, Endeavor TKO CEO, spoke at Bloomberg Screen Time Conference. And a couple big notes. We'll start with this one. It says, right now there's plenty of interest in Raw and a new TV deal, and that they are open to moving days. Yeah, that's kind of been a rumor that's been floating out there for a while, and... I think it's a mistake. I understand not wanting to go up against the NFL and they've extended it, right? So you have the 18 weeks of a regular or 17 weeks of regular season football because week 18, you don't have it, but there is a Monday night playoff game now. So you do have 18 total weeks out of the year, but then pro wrestling still on the rest of the year on Monday nights. I think it's a mistake if they move off of Monday night. So uh, how about this as a switch though, Gabe? Like, like, so if Monday night raw is never going to be on Mondays again, and it moves to, what like went Tuesdays or Wednesdays? Then AEW's got to move, right? They got to move into that empty slot. That do you I do it with with Dynamite or Collision? Collision. You move it move the Saturday. Saturday. Yep, move the yeah. Saturday show to Monday. Now you got two shows somewhere between Monday and Friday, like a Monday show and a Wednesday show, and that'll be better off for the company because if you want to go live, bro, it's you have a Monday night Collision show. Tuesday travel, Wednesday, whatever the next town is. Right. It, it, it's uh, Wisconsin. It's mm-hmm. Milwaukee and Green Bay in the same week, right? In Florida, in Miami, it's we'll, we'll do James L. Knight Center, Miami, and we'll go up to Tampa and do a sure. show there. And by the way, half the talent would love that because half the talent lives in Florida. <laughs> so they'd, be, they'd love that. So I think that that works. Chicago, Milwaukee, same thing, right? But so... I think they want to do that because Wednesday, Wednesday night, Dynamite. Okay, guys, go home Thursday, Friday, travel Friday or either Saturday morning to come in. That's that's tough. Sure. You're ready to get it done in two, you know, within three days, and then they can have the rest of the week off. That's how you should do it. I think but, that works. Yeah, so that I think that's interesting. Uh, the other the other angle on Ari Emanuel, though, there's there's more, is there not? That there is. He was addressing the TKO stock price, named three reasons as to why it possibly dropping. One of them, Vince McMahon. Oh, boy, they got him hook, line, and sinker, didn't they? Vince, <laughs> we need you. Hey, man, uh, you know wrestling. Well, goddamn, I do. Yeah, you you could just be able to just take care of WWE. It's going to be great, man. What a great partnership. Well, are you the boss? Oh, no, no. I mean, it's a partnership. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> they're putting that old man out of his misery to the point where we don't even hear from Vince the last month as yeah. if he's he's not calling in making changes anymore. His power is getting less and less every week, guys. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that Craig Carmison, the CEO of our company, and oh. look, we're, we're a private company. We're not publicly traded. But let's just say for sake of argument, we were. And, you know, our stock's not performing well. Hey, why do you think that your stock's not performing well? Well, Gabe Neitzel. Excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> if, you, if, if that's the reason, like Vince ain't long for this world, my friends. Like if, if you are giving three reasons why your stock is, is not performing the way it should and you list a, a singular person, to me, that's an easy fix. You just get rid of that singular person. It was in the same breath as Saudi Arabia buying the PFL. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was one of the other reasons. Holy cow. And by the way, Craig is that candidate you'd say it out loud. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I yes. kind of think it's because of Pod Senior. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'd say it out loud. It's like, what? what what's oh, that? <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, to say, I mean, here's a guy you shook hands with just months ago. Yeah, yeah our stock price tanked because of Vince and his, and again, all of his allegations and all the stuff he's doing. So, 
They, they they got him hook, line, and sinker. They just want the merger, and they want yeah. to take the power away from Vince. And so here's here it comes. Well, really, and yeah. Other reports is they seem to really like Hunter. Yep. So next, Mike Johnson, PW Insider, says there's a belief among WWE wrestlers that Triple H has been quote knighted by Endeavor. Quote, he's going to be the one driving 99.9 percent of the creative going forward, not Vince McMahon. You know how you can tell? A lot of Tegan Knox. <laughs> wrestling? Is that how you can tell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out a good way to fill a three-hour wrestling show, believe yeah. it or not, it's wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. Wow. <laughs> Johnny Gargano on our TVs? Is that how we can tell? Oh, okay. yeah. we, get, we get a DIY. We right. get a Brian Pillman Jr. come like, like, oh, oh, this looks like a different show. Uh-huh. Oh, there's vignettes. <laughs> oh, there's vignettes to promote Becky Lynch's book. But how she started in Ireland, like, oh, that's how it was before when Vince left before. You remember this, right? Mm -hmm. More focus on the Intercontinental Championship and just matches and build just like the UFC has done for years. Oh, you can tell Vince's fingerprint is off the product. Yep. Finally, news and notes, Karrion Cross on Chris Van Vliet's podcast says the plan was for him and Bray Wyatt to face each other at WrestleMania 39. He added they had ideas going with Alexa, Scarlett, and Bo Dallas. Whew. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I guess that, I mean, that would have made sense. You have two supernatural-esque yeah. you know, characters, and I, I I'd like to think that that would have been a pretty good build, especially when you get Alexa in, involved and um scarlet yeah yeah it's just well it just man it makes it make you know just anything bray wyatt related just anytime i still see the name i just get a little sad sure it was uh the world was his oyster because he was unique the reason why you miss him and we all miss him is because for better for worse this was his creation it doesn't come from like a, a booking room or writing room his imagination was out on to the television screens for us. The Bray Wyatt 2.0, it was confusing because I didn't see the direction. Maybe it was going to be good. Maybe it's not. It was just weird. It was more wind. We saw more Wyndham Rotunda than we saw Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on the show. It was kind of bizarre. But I think that that would have worked um, because that would have given Karrion Cross a really big push, which is really right. needed in this company. And probably would have been I- good for him just to get that experience around Bray. Mm-hmm. Well, and and speaking of Bo Dallas, because he was Uncle Howdy. Like I just, I, I also saw a rumor this week that potentially they are going to try to pick it back up with Uncle yeah. Howdy taking over the Wyatt Six. Which, please don't, please, yeah. please yeah, let don't. It go. Don't do that. Don't. That's just as you said. He had a unique mind for professional wrestling, and he was one of the few people who. Obviously, Vince kind of let do his own thing with the Firefly Funhouse, and Vince didn't quite get what the Fiend was, you know, which is why he had some of those weird finishes with the Fiend. But man, you can't you can't try to take that man's vision and then try to execute it just because his brother was a part of it. Right. Agreed. All right, boys. A um, lot of decisions. A lot of tough decisions. What were your matches of the week? Okay, I just have to keep this down to three because I have okay. eleven here. Um, Two, three, four, five. I have I, I had six written down. I had like six finalists that I, I had really narrowed it down to. You guys suck at following rules. I only wrote down four. <laughs> I was the closest to following the rules. Just, you just, guys stink. Just so much wrestling. So much good wrestling. But it's okay, so much I'll, good wrestling. Like that's okay. that's what makes this exciting. I'll I'll just I'll just condense it for, for brevity. Okay. Chris Jericho against Hobbs told a great story. I've never seen Chris Jericho squashed in his career. Never. This was so great for Hobbs, for him to power slam and and do what he did to to Chris Jericho. I thought that told a great story for Hobbs. If if that doesn't elevate him, nothing will. Mm -hmm. Jericho laying flat and got smashed in that match. To add to that real quick. I rewound it because I thought they screwed up the finish. I was like, that's not how Jericho's losing, right? When did you see a shoulder up? When did you- no, I was like, he was supposed to kick out, right? Like, there's no way Jericho's going to lose like that to Hobbs the way they've treated him. Like, I was so confused. You know what? But you that's me un- right. right. 
AEW officials are so bad. Right. Like, right to think, hey, was there a shoulder up? Did I see some daylight? Nope. But, that was uh, a one, two, three. But that's obviously a Jericho idea, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Jericho being cool with, hey, I think he sees what we have seen and been talking about for years with Hobbs. Like, how do you have that guy? You're not doing anything. And Jericho going, oh, I got an idea. Right. He can squash me. And that's, yes. Well, yes, that, that technically I don't think is a tremendous match. I think that's a tremendous angle going forward for Hobbs. I just like that. I just like, again, everything's not five star for me. Sometimes it's just like the psychology of it. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was brilliant for Hobbs. Nakamura against Seth Rollins. The yep. main event at uh, Fastlane is on my list. Knox against uh, Becky, Becky Lynch. Tegan Knox against Becky Lynch. Yep. Uh, and on the, on the right side of the margin, I wrote down LA Knight against Uso. Now, there's a lot of other matches, but I know we don't have that time to go over all of my 11. So I just wrote those three plus one down. Okay, so I will touch on ones that you did not. Okay. Um, so I will... I, I I really enjoyed Sheeta versus Soraya. Again, shocked by the finish, but like that, everything that went into there, like Soraya taking that German, that slow motion, like yeah. deadlift German on the apron, like that yeah. was tough. And like, okay, good for her that she's comfortable in doing something like that. She's getting more and more comfortable in the ring. Um, so the thing with Soraya is they've been keeping her special. Um, they did not keep Brian Danielson special, and I I'm conflicted. Because he wrestled on Collision and Dynamite and put on bangers in both. So mm -hmm. um, Danielson versus Kyle Fletcher on Collision was spectacular. And then Danielson versus uh, Strickland on Dynamite was also spectacular. Oh, man. Here it was. That match also had Chris Nana's hairline. That's something you typically see. Very disappointed <laughs> in that. I don't need to see your pants down to your ass. That The crown's off. Bad hairline. <laughs> tight sweater. That's not Prince Nana. Keep your outfit on, pal. Terrible. <laughs> a couple more I'll throw in that wasn't mentioned. I enjoyed the women's triple threat at Fastlane. Yep, EO, I had it Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good, despite the obvious, you know, Charlotte missing the moonsault, which is part of a Charlotte match at this point. She just never hits that. Uh, and Eddie Kingston versus Suzuki. Like, that was just fun. Those guys going yes. at it, then hugging after, then chopping again, and then Eddie flipping off RJ City and giving uh, Renee a high five at the end of it. Like, just perfect Eddie Kingston selling a show. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the deep dive into the buy-in. Checking out AEW. That's it was definitely he was, I was watching it. Yeah. Tell him, tell him where you were watching it, Brian. I was at my seven-year-old flag football practice watching on my phone and also sort of started hiding it because I was like, this is a little weird if someone walks by and sees these two grown men just slapping each other and then hugging. So I was like sort of discreetly watching it, but hell of a fun match. <laughs> Of course. And this you know what? And, and Brian's such else. a sicko. He's watching the buy-in from his kid's football practice. I'm not coaching. It's fine. He's got it. You know what? It, it, he's, he's just very strange with this. No one travels and watches wrestling like this guy. I, I swear. We're sitting by, side by side watching a major pay-per-view in a major yeah. city, in a major building. Not Florida State's on. Top five team. We haven't had that in a while. I mean, we're, we're watching Miro against Hobbs, and he stands up and says, touchdown. And everyone's looking around like, meet, meet, you, meet, meet. What do you meet, mean? That was meet, the meat meet, Touchdown. Touchdown? What the hell? No, we're watching meat. <laughs> Meaty men slapping meat. It's 2023. We got to multitask. He's amazing with the multitask. Yeah, poor wrestling. When you need your full attention, now nah, Florida State. I'm good. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we touched on, I think, the six that I had written down. We touched on all six of them, so I'm glad, uh, glad we go. did that. Yeah. We were very, very eclectic today. Didn't really uh, try to double up on too much. And look, again, like just we're, we're on a hot streak, I feel. Yeah. I feel like the wrestling's been great. The shows have been spectacular. We continue more builds going forward. We won't have a pay-per-view or a premium live events, but I'm sure we're still going to have some great shows to talk about next week right here on GKW.